Jaron Solomon here from Solomon Brothers Jewelers. My family has been helping customers pick out the perfect engagement ring for decades. We know it can be an overwhelming process with lots of questions like, how much should I spend on an engagement ring? Does a two-carat diamond cost twice as much? What is a lab-grown diamond? Our team of diamond experts is here to answer all of your questions and walk you through all options to help you pick out the ring of their dreams at Solomon Brothers Jewelers in Buckhead or Alpharetta, online at SolomonBrothers.com. We went from the highest of high hopes to the lowest of the hellish hell on My Hero Academia, coming to you this week after these ads we have no control over. Put some summer in your winter at the Discover Boating Atlanta Boat Show, going on now through Sunday. We're bringing hundreds of new boats, pontoons, wake boats, cruisers, center consoles, fishing and jet boats, plus fun for your whole crew. Enjoy a summer vibe. There's fishing seminars and demos, a kid's zone, music, drinks, and good eats in the Lake Life Lounge and more. The Discover Boating Atlanta Boat Show, in partnership with Progressive Insurance. Now through Sunday at the Georgia World Congress Center, Hall C. Shop boats and buy tickets at AtlantaBoatShow.com. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is good to be back with some anime this time around. I am Andrew Rogers. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. And we are here to bring you more My Hero Academia. That's right. It was a short break. We're back. <laughs> and we are coming back, uh, well, on some interesting notes, to say the least. Uh, before we get, you know, too deep into the conversation, because I think once it starts, it's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just jump in with some news here, uh, Jay Scotty. Yeah, sounds good. We didn't have a terrible ton of news, but uh, definitely something worth mentioning Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won the Golden Globe as Netflix became the first streaming service to win feature animation category. And he was quoted as saying, animation is cinema. It's not a genre for kids. It's a medium. So speak in our language, speak into our hearts. Congratulations to everyone that was involved with that film. I have not had the opportunity to watch it, but I have only heard the most glowing of praise. Yeah, honestly, I was not the highest on it. I think because okay. we had several Pinocchio movies like coming this year with it entering the public domain. But mm-hmm. everything I have heard has just been nothing but greatness. And I've seen a little bit of behind the scenes of the stop motion work. And it is just, it's art. Without a doubt, it is a pure medium for whatever people want to use it for. And in this case, Guillermo del Toro looks like he's doing it right. So yeah, it's definitely uh, jumping up the watch list, especially after you know winning an award. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations again. Uh, What's next on the docket here? And next up, we just kind of wanted to let you know of some things releasing outside of, you know, what we're going to be covering in the moment of Vinland Saga season two dropped this week, uh, January 10th, dropped on Crunchyroll. Uh, The reason that one's kind of a big deal. I started the first season, very intriguing Viking story, kind of a fantasy retelling of the leaf erickson story but Mm. it's animated by mappa so we have to talk about it in some capacity because (laughs) mappa is just one of the kings of animation at this point between uh chainsaw man coming out last year attack on titan coming out this year and chains or what else oh jujitsu kaisen and uh one punch man all coming out in 2023 they are just a powerhouse with everything coming so all that plus this 
yeah, it's great. So wanted to let you know that is coming out. And then, you know, we also have some fun stuff coming up as well. Yes. Uh, at the time of this recording, we have the second season of Vox Machina premiering in one week on January 20th via Amazon Prime. And I was grateful to kind of have this come across my feed because that kind of cues me in. I need to start my I've, – I've watched the first few episodes, but I really need to start in earnest to – knock out this first season before season two comes out. And uh, I think I'll start watching it tonight, maybe knock out a couple of episodes, but it'll kind of be my go-to show to watch an episode or two in the evenings. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, maybe we can do some coverage on the show. Like I, maybe I can, uh, Andrew, if you're willing or Zuhair, or maybe we bring someone else in that's really passionate about it, but I would love to do a primer for season one before season two comes out. I know we've got a lot on our plates uh, this January, but that's something I would like to do. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I finished this season uh, over the weekend because I got excited and remembered and it's, it's so much fun. It has my D and D itch kicking the dragons, the dungeons, all of it. It's just, it's a great story. So yeah, I'm very excited. And I think uh, definitely we want to try and get some sort of coverage out there. Uh, as we go but that's all for the news this week we don't have any other sort of anna minutes because we're kind of doubling down as it is so i say we are just going to jump right into the synopsis and then uh go from there all right so season six episode 14 back after a one-week break hellish hell Prior to the start of the war, a Destro double created by Twice is invited to the Hero Public Safety Commission for a joint operation, which turns out to be an ambush for his arrest. The double rampages before dissolving, killing several heroes, including the chairperson. In the aftermath of the war, all the wounded heroes are taken to hospitals to recover. Among the villains who are arrested are Dr. Garaki, who is interrogated, Mr. Compress, who is taken to the hospital for his injuries, Gigantomachia, who is airlifted away, Redestro and Getten, who were defeated in battle, as well as more than 16,000 members of the Paranormal Liberation Front. However, Shigaraki, most of his Nomu, Spinner, Dabi, Skeptic, and about 100 other Liberation soldiers managed to escape, as well as Toga being missing in action. In the remains of the city left behind by, G- by Gigantomachia's destruction, Ochako and Su- Sui help the remaining heroes and first responders help and save as many injured and troubled civilians as they can. However, the casualties prove too overwhelming to the point that some heroes contemplate retiring, believing the work to no longer be worth it. At the same time, the UA students discover the corpse of Midnight, tearfully mourning their teacher and the other fallen heroes. Meanwhile, many other civilians continue to react over Dobby's confessional, wondering how Endeavor will respond. That night, all for one within Shigaraki commands the Nomu to storm Tartarus to free his main body. <sighs> wow. It, I, it was a short episode, but man, was there so much going on there. Uh, it, yeah. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it besides the beginning of grief, I suppose. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, full transparency. I find myself a little conflicted with this episode because like it was doing the recap and like, I understand like, what we just went through like deserves to have like a little bit of a pause and like, let's take a little bit of inventory and and like really absorb all the trauma that just happened. But at the same time, like I noticed it was like 
getting over like the like encroaching on the 14 minute mark and we were still like in recap mode so i yeah yeah again i'm conflicted i understand why they did it and i understand why it's necessary but i did find myself being a little feeling a little bit frustrated that like one of the standout moments of the episode for me was the confirmation that midnight did die uh, majestic died as well but it really I mean, it was a heartfelt and beautiful moment of sorrow, but it did feel kind of shoehorned in. Like I would have liked to been able to spend more time really mourning these losses and not just having it kind of feel like a footnote at the end of a recap episode. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know how much more emotionally I could have taken, however, because just hearing Mm. the sheer statistics of how many members of the Paranormal Liberation Front they were up against, how you know, this probably shouldn't have worked in our heroes favors yet. Here we are. And my only hope is this means that there's so much left to tell of this season that we had to do it here that there might not even be a moment for our heroes to breathe. I mean, it didn't seem like uh, all for one wanted to let the heroes breathe that he's going to bring in the Mm. next attack. And with most of our main heroes wounded, is it going to go to the students to be the one to stop you know, what's about to happen. I don't actually know, but yeah, it feels like there's still a lot. And then I, I kind of wrote it off a little bit in, again, there's more of the story to tell because we got it from such an interesting perspective that it was Deku in the future reflecting Mm. on it and saying, I didn't even read the report Mm -hmm. until months after, if I remember correctly. And just saying, like, it was so hard on them to go through and what is happening next. I feel like there's probably going to be more when it comes down to midnight and, you know, what it's done to these students to, you know, have their teacher not only die, but to actually be the ones that discover her after the fact. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot on all of them. So. I I hope that means there's at least going to be some sort of funeral, some sort of mourning period, but the show needs to get us out of the battle before we can actually properly have that. Yeah, I I think that's a fair assessment and the jury's still out there. Very well may be more tributes for our fallen heroes to come. But um, even with my complaints about it kind of being primarily recap, the thing I can appreciate that it, it wasn't just recap without new information. It was a bit of an exposition dump and we actually got confirmation about, you know, the fates of various people um, like Redestro and, and Getin kind of coming to mind, knowing that Compress is in captivity, um, not knowing what's what's going on with Toga or Togata, uh, Mirio. I'm I, like... I found myself like, we're getting updates on all these other people. Tell me about him. Tell me about Bakugo. Tell me about Endeavor. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the craziest thing. Like we had all of this information and there, there is still more to be found with what's coming next. So I, I hope that our main characters are okay, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, I don't know where else there is to go, but yeah, I, I did like, at least we tied up a few loose ends. Like I didn't need Redestro running around. It's just like, oh, okay. They took him out of the picture. They took his lieutenants out of the picture, you know, right. from this point on. So it, it, it was at least a little bit of a taking inventory as well. But like you said, we don't know who is going to be in inventory to still continue the fight from here. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned Redestro, and I already kind of talked about some things feeling shoehorned in, but the opening sequence that like 
took place before this war even happened with De- Redestro. That one w- was more so like it was like, okay, I feel like this was something that happened in the manga that they just felt like they had to include in some fashion because I didn't really feel how it connected to the rest of the episode. Maybe I missed out on something there, but uh, I don't know. It feels like blatant foreshadowing in my opinion like i don't even want to call it foreshadowing it's Mm. probably going to be something along the lines of like okay the chairperson was controlling hawks now that she's gone who's Mm. in that and now that you know the heroes need direction what do they do without a chair it's probably Mm. something along those lines that we're not going to know until it happens but i agree if they were going to shoehorn it in couldn't they have done that at like the beginning of the episode where the fallout from her death matters Sure. Yeah, that that was very, I agree, because at first I was like, wait, why is Redestro back? What's happening? Because they didn't make mm-hmm. it clear until like the meeting was happening that this was before the war. Mm-hmm. So I thought Redestro for a moment got away and that was, my thought, was my thought going too, to yeah. like do war profiteering off of the back of the war or something yeah. along those lines, which would have been an interesting story. But it would have been make yeah. it clear like <laughs> before the compound attack. Just give me that little little subline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair because I, th- I think I found myself being similarly confused for a second there. But uh, um, other than that, I, I would say like the last couple of seconds. Yeah, what we got with all for one and kind of like knowing what we probably should expect here in the next couple of episodes that uh seems like all for one is hell bent on coming back in a week in a big way um is pretty scary oh yeah we talk about coming back in a big way though uh i do just need to say mr compress is alive his story yeah. isn't over it wasn't the last performance so maybe he's coming <laughs> back i don't know we maybe. talked about how yeah. he felt shoehorned last time i'm like no just uh-huh. give us give us more of this fun character but yeah, it's uh, it seems like we have clear direction and I'm a OK with that uh, to ease us back in to everything that's about to happen. Yeah. And I guess my final little thought there is I kind of hinted at it when we got the revelation that Midnight um, was no longer with us. They did mention Majestic didn't make it either. And Majestic was always one of those characters, like especially in this season, he popped up in the background a lot more. And I always found myself like really interested. I'm like, what's going on with this guy? I want to know what's going on with him a little bit more. So I'm a little sad that, uh, he was the guy with kind of like the big shaman, like which, which hat that like, yes, helped some of the other here. Okay. I didn't know if you know who it was based on your expression there. Uh, yeah. but- no, I was just going to say, I, I wish there were more of these background characters. I know there are so many of them that we got, you know, time with because there was Mm -hmm. one for some reason they stuck out to me. It was a female looking hero in like Native American outfit fighting one of the Nomus in like a background scene in like the third episode. Sure. And they reappeared on the list of these are the heroes that we lost when they flashed all these pictures on the screen. And I'm just like, I don't want to say I wish I cared more, but I wish they gave us more of those heroes and that they you know, saved someone by pushing someone else out of the way. And that's why they were up Mm. there, you know, little moments like that to pay it off. Although I do think we got the character that got chomped, uh, saving, uh, endeavors sidekick that we said we were going to remember the name of, and then promptly forgot master drill. No, no. The flaming haired sidekick. Oh, blazon blazon. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saving, uh, what would have been that blunder there, but (laughs) that's all good. It it's uh it's definitely a, a 
they will be missed no matter who they were. That's that's for sure. And I, I hope that's the end. But I have a feeling it's not. I will remember you. Will you remember me? I'm just imagining the pictures slowly fading in and out like it's a 2000s like cop show and it's the end. Uh, yeah. All right. As we get wacky here at the end, uh, let's jump in on the feedback uh, before we wrap up here, because it didn't quite pertain to the episode. That's why I was like, ah, let's save it to the end. Sure. Um, but Fabian did write into us answering our number one question that we had last week. And he, he right. sent it on the Instagram. So by all means, uh, that's a great way to reach us. I'll plug all the social medias at the end. But this is proof that someone does actually do that. He messaged me and immediately I was like, this is going on air. Direct quote. Yeah. Because I don't know where he pulled it from, but it sounds official as can be. <laughs> Let's hear it. Long ago, all for one, a man with a quirk that allows him to steal other people's quirks and transfer them to others forced a quirk on his younger brother, Yoichi. This quirk allowed him to stockpile power within his body. However, unbeknownst to either one of them, Yoichi already had a quirk with no power other than that it could be transferred to another person. The transference quirk and the power stockpiling quirk merged to form one for all. There we have it. Yeah, so that answered the question of it was stockpiling creates All Might's power, and then the pass-on was just a quirk that he had without anyone knowing, which kind of makes sense. Like, how would you know that until you have to pass it on? Yeah, so I, it's it's wonderful get, to get this clarity and to, to have that confirmed, but it is one of those situations where I think we all, as we were kind of like going back and forth, I think we were all right on some level and we were all wrong yes. on some <laughs> we, level. So. We all touched upon a part of it. That's why when he sent it in, I was like, yes, we have the answer. <laughs> there it is. So thank you for that, uh, Fabian. Yes. And then our next piece of feedback, this is it kind of a nice place to end because we can use it as a plug for another episode we did last week, which was our New Year's special where we talked about all of our favorite animation moments, uh, film, TV, characters that happened in 2022 as well as what we're looking forward to in 2023 and one of our star one of our stalwart listeners that we haven't heard from in a while tj stafford chimed in and he he just i think we just finished recording the day before and he sent this email so i was like i, I see you uh we'll definitely include you we'll we'll throw it in the next time we record so here are tj's thoughts sorry it's been a while life stuff and if I'm too late for your New Year's special uh, New Year's episode, feel free to discard this email. Absolutely no. not. We will, no. You will be heard. Uh, you took the time to write the email, so we'll take the time for you. Uh, I have been keeping up with your My Hero Academia coverage, and all I can say is, wow, this show has had me on the edge of my seat every single week, and I've really enjoyed listening to your discussions about it and look forward to the future conversations. As far as my favorite properties in the last year, most of these will respond most of these will surprise no one. I love tagging along with you guys through the second half of season four of Young Justice. The Entertainment District arc helped move Demon Slayer up on my list of top anime for sure, but it still hasn't unseated My Hero Academia or Attack on Titan as of yet. The Legend of Mox Vakina has also was also a major highlight because not only was it a wonderful show on its own, but it pushed me into discovering Critical Role, which only enhances my appreciation for the, the animated series and now that I know so much about it, I am doubly excited for the new season. 
Tales of the Jedi was stunning on so many levels and came to us just at the right time to get me excited for what Bad Batch will offer us this next season. As far as looking to the future, I have already expressed my I have already expressed my excitement for My Hero, Vox Machina, and Bad Batch. In addition, I'm anxiously awaiting new seasons of Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Invincible, which I believe are all expected to return at some point in 2023. January is going to be a busy month for you guys. I hope you can find all the time to cover everything as much <laughs> as much as you want to. <laughs> the struggle is real. Uh, I wish you all the luck in the new year, and I can't wait to ride along with you as you navigate through another exciting year of animated content. Thank you, TJ. Yeah, honestly, thank you. That was such a like nice little way to end off that email and also just just a little taste for all of you out there if you like some of that that is the tip of the iceberg of the conversation that jay scotty and i had last week uh you can check it out on the feed it is our year-end episode we just kind of talk about everything how great it was and we have a ton of listener feedback beyond just what tj said so that is in our feeds and like we said you can you know write into us uh he emailed us animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com and then our social media is animation to live one on twitter as well as Animation Deliberation on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also find us and all of the other great shows of the network on StrandedPanda.com. We have plenty of great things going on right now across the network, you know, including some possible special appearances. Uh, Jay Scotty, do you know anything about that? Special appearances? Jay Scotty, uh-huh. what'd you do last week? <laughs> okay. I totally, <laughs> totally foibled on that one, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so earlier in this week, we had the Ant-Man and the, Quant- Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer 2 come out. I was able to join Matthew Carroll of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast to break that down frame by frame. Had a blast doing that. So go seek that out wherever podcasts are found. Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Also check out the coverage that we did for the latest episode of Bad Batch. As we're covering My Hero Academia week by week, we're also going to be covering the Bad Batch. So that's uh, probably released right alongside this episode as you're listening. So go check that out. And thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Stay whelmed. Stick with us through a wild January. And as always, muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world.